welcome to the Junction Church Aberdeen podcast. We're so glad you chose to listen to this life-changing message. Um, so, pressing in is what we're speaking on um, in this current series. I have the privilege of speaking about Isaiah 51 verse 1, which I'm not going to read first of all, but I am going to read Philippians 3, 12 to 14. Honestly, See, when I read this verse, something is just set off on the inside of me. When I heard Kevin read it last week, when I heard James read it this morning, there is just so much in it, and we're going to unpackage that over the next few weeks. So here we go, okay, Philippians 3, verse 12 to 14. Not that I have attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. What a verse. There is so much potential in that verse. When I, when I think about it, do you know what? There is an upward call that rests on every single one of us and that upward call is taking us from where we have been to where we are just now and actually to a higher and greater place in Jesus Christ do you believe it I want you to believe it church I want you to catch it tonight okay what a fabulous scripture is you know it's like the opening of a of a of a book you know that book that's not yet written I don't know if there's any writers in this place I mean, I'm not a writer at all. But when I think about the, the opportunity that lies ahead in that very verse that God has got for us, it's like an open book. What is God going to write for your life? What are you going to write for your life? And what we're going to speak about tonight is, is really making good decisions. That's what it's really about, okay? But the title of my message is, I follow, dot, 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 Jesus. Okay? I follow dot 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 Jesus now why do I say that you know there's many football fans out there probably many Aberdeen fans there are Aberdeen fans in the house my goodness me I am shocked so you could follow Aberdeen you could follow no there was someone over here said no you could follow Manchester United apparently there are 659 million people who do so they say that's a lot, a lot of people in this wor- world that follow. But I want to tell you, yes, they may win games. Yes, they may lose games. They will. They will lose games. I promise you they will lose games. But Jesus Christ will never, ever let you down. He will never, ever disappoint. So, yes, amen. Thank you, Ida. Excellent. You're with me. You're with me tonight. Okay, Isaiah 51 verse 1, it says, this is my verse. It says, listen to me. I like that. Listen to me, you who follow after righteousness. You who seek the Lord, look to the rock from which you were hewn and to the hole of the pit from which you were dug. I don't know about you, but, you know, I feel like I've been saved for almost forever, like... I feel like I'm older than Moses, actually. It was my birthday this past week. <laughs> honestly. Honestly. Do you know what? Have you, have you got to that stage in life yet where you're thinking, man, I'm just, I feel like I'm so old. And Ruth, someone said yes. <laughs> and Ruth has to remind me, she says, look, you're only 38. 
So I'm only 38 and I'm getting a new bicycle and I've got these really cool... <laughs> I'm getting a bicycle. I am. I'm getting a bicycle. I've got these really cool green cycling shorts. I've got this really cool green <laughs> cycling top. For all you girls out there, I'm really, really sorry. <laughs> Why am I telling you that? I can't remember. There is gifts. You know, there are gifts that we get. There are gifts that we're given. And honestly, I'm thinking about those green things, and I'm thinking, man, I am going to be looking good on that bike. But the reason I say that to you, you know, there's a grace that rests on our lives, okay? There's a grace that says, yes, you can wear that. Yes, there's a grace that says... Whatever you have done, wherever you have been, that is behind. And that's what that verse is saying. You know, I'm pressing on towards the goal. I'm not stopped where I'm at just now. I'm not a finished article. Are you a finished article? (laughs) Sorry. Are you a finished article tonight, church? I want to tell you tonight that you're not, but you are heading in the right direction. You are heading in the right direction. So what are we pressing into this year? I know that many of us have, um, we've um, done our first fruits thing. We've said, God, we're believing you. We're trusting you for something this year. And off the back of that, you know, we have sown, we have invested. And we've said, God, we give what we have to you. And um, I know that for, for Ruth and I, for the things that we're believing God for, we've got, high, we've got high expectations of God this year. Do you know that? I've got high expectations of God. High expectations that he's going to move in my life that he's going to move in my son's life, that he's going to move in my family's life. Why is that? Because I'm not satisfied with the status quo. Did you get a good picture? (laughs) Hattie was taking a picture. So, what are you pressing into this year? Are you pressing into God? I want to encourage you to press into God, church. Are you pressing into be famous? Are you pressing into be debt-free? Are you pressing into be health-free? No, no sickness, no disease, no, no bugs, nothing like that. Are you pressing him for a new job? Are you trusting God for a new job? Yeah. Maybe do you... Yeah, there's one there. What are you looking for? Like, unlike probably most of you guys, remember I said that I love you. Ruth says to me, okay, she says, you need to get a little bit of weight. I really do. She says, you have to get a little bit of weight. And I'm looking out there and I'm seeing a lot of people who don't need to get a lot of weight. <laughs> Now, who was at the prayer meeting on Wednesday? Yeah, there was a few people. You know, I want to challenge you. You know, we said some things at the prayer meeting on Wednesday where we said, you know, there's going to be some things happening, some different things happening that haven't happened in the church. There's going to be some different things said that hasn't been said in the church. Now, why do we say that and why do we do that? We do it to challenge you, you know. So I have a challenge that my wife wants me to put on some weight. She wants me to get fat. She does. You know, simple little things when you wash your hands, my actual wedding ring flies off every single time because my, I have thin fingers. Does anyone else in here have thin fingers? We have a few. We have a few. But I tell you, will you take it when someone says to you, can I encourage you to do this thing that, that is your ultimate thing that you do not want to address? Will you do it? Will you have, will you take, you know, I have actually the privilege of being a congregational pastor. Now, I don't know if you've thought about this before, but, you know, this, this really weighs, not weighs heavy on us, but 
What a responsibility, Ruth and I, along with the core team and the pastors, the senior pastors, to look after the church. That's what we're here to do. We're here to look after you. And that means that when you're going through the good times, we're sailing with you. We're up there with you. And when you're going through some other difficult times, that we're there with you, we're encouraging you and we're building you up. Now, why do I say that? Why do I say that? I say that because I want you to come with us. I want you to be with us. I want you to join with us. I want you to connect with us. I want you to not follow us, but I want you to follow Jesus Christ. And we're going to do that together. You know, John Maxwell said, everything begins with a decision. Then we have to manage that decision for the rest of your lives and for my lives. So just now I am a product of all the decisions I've made. You know, I've made some very, very, very good decisions. You know, I chose Ruth as my wife. (laughs) I remember Ruth and I, we were out for um, a meal with uh, one of the clients that I have a very long time ago. And he says something like, Brian, you do not deserve that woman. And I'm like, get your hands off, she's mine. (laughs) But there's some things that God gives to us and it's like, it's almost like it's too big for us. It's almost like it's too good for us. And Ruth, I just want to say to you that you're just too good for me. Thank you. You are. You are. You know, see when you, have, when you have someone, and I don't say that to embarrass you, but see when you have someone that will walk alongside you, who is a help, who is a support, who is there as someone that would lift you up in times that you need support, honestly. We need to get these people around about us. And it's the same with our leaders. It's the same with our senior pastors, our pastors, our core team. There are people in place over our lives that are looking out for us. And we really, really want to help you, okay? We do. So will you make yourself accountable? Will your plans come to fruition? You know, when I think about decisions, decisions are, are such, a, such a kind of fundamental thing. You know, you can choose to go to work every morning. I choose to go to work every morning because I want to get paid so that I can pay the bills. You can choose not to go to work. You know, there's different things. There's different, you know, will I go to the pub? Will I smoke the cigarette? Will I do these things? But ultimately, it's the question, am I submitted? Am I being accountable to someone or to something? So we want to encourage you guys to be accountable, okay? The things that we run towards will be the things that we will attain this year. So church, what are you running towards? Are you running towards Jesus Christ? Do you know Jesus Christ? What are you running towards? Are you running towards the drink bottle, the bottle of drink in your cupboard? Are you running towards food? Are you running towards things that you see as a crutch? You know, if I had a crutch here, would you be running to that thing? You know, that's the one thing that I love about Jesus Christ. He is not a crutch. He is your saviour. He is almighty God. And he knows you very, very intimately. So here's a question for you. Did you ever play the game, follow my leader? Did you ever do that? Did you ever copy that person? Or did you ever want to be the big brother? Or did you ever want to be that, that amazing person that, you know, I, I know someone in here who, who really at one point liked Madonna. Did you ever want to be like Madonna? Never. <laughs> I'm not looking at the people who I'm thinking of right now, but I know there's someone in here that that really looked up to Madonna. Are you looking up to One Direction? I know there are people in here that love One Direction. Naya loves One Direction, don't you, darling? Now, why do I say this? There are people that we can choose to imitate. There are people that we can choose to follow. But there's also probably some people that we would choose not to follow. But I encourage you tonight, let's be, let's be um, imitators of Jesus Christ, okay? 
So, are you a follower or are you a leader? I know that in this church we have many followers and we have many, many leaders. And they've been put in place by God. You know, ultimately, senior pastors have put them in place, but there's been a gift or something that has been very visible in their lives. And because of that, they have been put in place for such a time as this. Now, followers, followers follow and leaders lead. Can I say that again? Because I felt as though I didn't get that across well. Followers follow and leaders lead. Jesus was a leader. So I want to do everything that Jesus did. I want to copy the things that Jesus did. You know, when it says in the Bible that you'll lay hands on the sick and people will get healed, I want to see that. When I, when, I, when I prophesy to a situation, when I speak to a situation, I want to see that situation change for good. Why is that? Because God has promised it. Jesus Christ has promised it. So I want us to read and turn to the Bible just now. I don't think I've read a Bible verse yet. Oh, I have actually. Let's turn to the Bible. That's <laughs> the age thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matthew 4. Matthew 4. And it says, Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It's written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, um, and him only you shall serve. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. He said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. He called them and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Amazing story. You know, people who were just mending their nets, just fishermen. And Jesus said to them, come follow me. You know, when I think about that story, I think Jesus' reputation must have went ahead of him. Because why would you follow someone that you did not know? You wouldn't. Why would you follow someone that you'd never heard of before? You wouldn't. I don't believe. So we really need to consider who we're following. Are you following Jesus Christ? What are you following? Are you following the latest fad? Are you playing the latest computer game? I know that um, there's new computer games coming out all the time. But what are we following? So what is a follower? A follower is a person who follows another in regard to his or her ideas or beliefs. For example, a disciple or an adherent. So why do we follow? Why do we follow? We follow because we want to get or get to a place where we possibly haven't been before and we don't know how to get there, but by following, we will get there. You know, if I don't know anything about medicine, what do I do? I go to someone who knows about medicine. I would. I would go to like, who's into medicine? Josephine's into medicine. She here tonight. She is here. I would go to Josephine. Or I'd go to Andy. Or I'd go to some other guys that... <laughs> Beg your pardon. Not Andy. I meant Jamie. I... I, I if I wanted to know about architecture, <laughs> then I would go and see Jamie. <laughs> now, why would I go and see them? I would go and see these people because they have knowledge that I do not have. Yeah? Now, if I want to go and do something really, really cool, 
and it's going to be out with my out with my knowledge, what do I do? I get around people who will inspire me, who will encourage me, who will teach me. And we need that in our lives. Now, I don't know about you, have you ever had to follow someone in a car? Have you ever, ever, ever had to follow someone in a car? Now, the reason I'm telling you this is we had to do that, okay? We had to do it from, where was it? From Dover all the way to somewhere must have been just south of Paris, okay? Now, this was a year past summer. And we didn't have a map. We didn't have our sat-nav. We didn't have these kind of things that you would need, these aids that would, that would help you get from a place called Dover to a place called Paris. But the car in front, it wasn't a Toyota. It was... <laughs> It wasn't a Toyota, it was Pastor Andrew's car, um, Andrew Tate's car, who are senior pastor up in Thurzo and his wife and family, because we were going to hold it together. Now, honestly, I want to tell you, I had to follow Andrew, and I had to be close to him. And now, this was late at night, okay? We got off the ferry, must have been about, must have been about maybe one, two o'clock in the morning, and we had to drive from, from uh, Cali right through to, to wherever we were going. I can't remember the location name, very close to Paris. Now, honestly, when Andrew went fast, I had to go fast. When Andrew slowed down, I had to slow down. When Andrew got lost... (laughs) Guess who got lost? Now, that wasn't my fault, Ruth. But it felt like it at the time. Why am I saying this? You know, we we really trust God in everything. I trust God in everything. I don't necessarily trust Pastor Andrew Tate's driving when he has got a sat-nav that's telling him to go the wrong way. I don't trust that, but I have to follow because I don't know that I'm going the wrong way. I have to trust it. Now, what would happen if, if Ruth and I were in the car with the family and we just pulled off at a service station and he keeps going? I have got no point of reference to get from where I am to where I need to get to other than possibly following some signs that are on the side of the road. But again, it's not going to get me to my ultimate destination. So what we had to do, probably about two or three miles from our destination, this caravan site that we were staying at, me being very um, talented in my French knowledge, (laughs) pulled over, Andrew and I pulled over, because for some reason the sat-nav was playing up, don't know why. Again, this was Pastor Andrew's fault. So I thought, okay, let's go and speak to a lady, um, or sorry, go and speak to someone in this house, whatever house it was, and this little old lady came out, and I'm going, you do not know a single word of English, do you? (laughs) This is what I'm thinking in my mind. Now, this lady starts speaking, and I'm like, (laughs) I'm looking for this location. Remember, I'm, I'm British, she's French, and she doesn't understand a word, and I've got like two or three French words to my vocabulary <laughs> and she's like ah oh, yes in French of course you want to go over there and along there and down there and across there and up past the bridge and over I'm sure that's what she was telling me <laughs> but I want to tell you it's funny how the things that you learn at school all those years ago come back words like tourney la droite <laughs> yeah turn a la droite turn right and I'm like I recognise that (laughs) 
Now, it's funny how there's little words that you look for in French, because I couldn't remember 99.99999% of the words that I was ever taught. But it was things like straight on, turn right, turn left, caravan site, um, these sorts of words that I knew that if I followed what she was saying, even though I didn't have the map, I knew that we would get there. And guess what? We got there. We got there eventually, <laughs> five o'clock in the morning. And it took us about four hours to get that last two miles. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but do you know what? We can't trust the sat-nav as much as yes, we can. But there's going to be a time where possibly we're going to have to challenge that sat-nav. We're going to have to challenge that. I know that um, for Ruth's dad, he was traveling one place from Isle of Skye to Glasgow, and it told him to turn left. And he was like, if I turn left, I'm going to crash into all those cars. So there's instances where we have to think for ourselves. And that's what I want to encourage us tonight. We have to think for ourselves, church. Once we think for ourselves, we can then decide, is it safe to go that way? Or should I continue on this, rate, on this way? So we spoke to that wee French lady. My pigeon French was worse than rubbish. <laughs> but we got to where we needed to get to and we had so 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 much fun so why do I follow I follow sometimes because I want to get led I want to be led I follow because I want to be trained I want to be discipled I want to be teachable because I've got a good heart, heart attitude I follow because I want to be an example you know there's people in this place that are watching me especially children in this place that are watching me they're watching the things that I do they're watching the things that I say I follow because I want people to be trained in the things that I am aware of and I can pass on. You know, I don't just want to be one who would hold things to myself because that's not going to train anyone. That's going to restrict things. I want to be a, a flow, an open flow. And I follow because I trust my leaders. You know, what a privilege it is to be in this house. It really is, you know, for the last X years. I've been here probably 12, 13 years I've been here. And what a privilege it is to be here, to be part of the team that oversees and, and supports the church. You know, not everyone gets that privilege. Why do I say that? Because I want to encourage you. You guys are the next leaders. You are. Whether you like it or not, I encourage you. You guys are the next leaders. You are. You know, Aberdeen is such a, it's almost like a migratory place. You know, students come in, students go away. Offshore workers come in, offshore workers go away. But there's things that need to get done in this church that Kevin and Cheryl cannot do. Ruth and I cannot do. James and Laura cannot do. But there'll be positions that will open up that means that we as a team can get a job done. Amen? Will you do that? Will you, will you run with that? Will you follow? Jesus said to me, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Again, I come back to Jesus. Matthew 8, verse 1, it says, When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. Why did great multitudes follow him? Because they could see the good that he was doing. They could see the lives that were being changed by it. And that is that's really my prayer tonight, that you would see the good that you need to do in your life and do it and not run away from what you think God is asking you to do. You know, social media is a great thing. I, um, I'm on Facebook. Hands up if you're on Facebook. We have a lot, a lot of people on Facebook. Hands up if you're on Instagram. Oh. 
Scott Wilson, he was through the church the other day. He was, he was saying he's on Instagram a lot. I was like, what, Instagram? I was just kidding with him. But the only reason I said that is because Josh is now on Instagram. Are you sure you're old enough, son? <laughs> do you know what? Why do I say that? I say that because people want to connect with each other. Yeah? We all want to connect with each other. And what a great tool it is that would allow us to see into people's lives you know because not that I go onto Facebook to see what James James what are you doing on Facebook I don't, I don't want to do that because that's, that's none of my business what he's doing or what he's sharing on Facebook but I'm interested to, to just know hey that's a bit about James hey James is involved in football for example or he's involved in this or, and other than that I'm not going to know that unless I speak to him or I play football against him so it's these things are great tools like I said before, 659 million people say they're fans of Manchester United. 500 million people as of last year, 2013, use Facebook. I'm sure I heard Kevin say the figure had increased um, based on the 2014 figure. People want to know about people. Jesus Christ wants to know about people. He wants to know about you. He cares about you. He really, he really does. So let's go back to Isaiah 51 verse 1. And it says just going to read it again. Listen to me, you who follow after righteousness, you who seek the Lord, look to the rock from which you were hewn and to the hole from the pit from which you were dug. I just want to speak a little bit about the rock now, okay? If I can find this here. So what is a rock? It's a hard piece of stone, isn't it? That potentially has come away from a, um, a, a piece of stone that is the same kind of strength, the same kind of composition as it. You know, a rock is not easily broken. It's not easily moved. And I remember that um, actually when we were growing up as kids, um, we had a house out in Afford and there was a chip shop in front of it. And at the rear far corner of this chip shop was, I am not kidding you, the biggest, biggest rock you have ever seen. It must have been, well I say big because I was a kid at the time. The rock must have been about this, by about <laughs> this wide, by about that high, okay? And it was like that rock was fully supporting the building. Oh, I'm sure it wasn't because obviously I had foundations all the way around. But it was like that rock was almost symbolic of the fact that that building is not going to move because it is founded on absolutely something that is sure and it is strong and it is secure. Jesus is our rock, church. We can build our lives on Jesus. Jesus is our strong tower. And it says in Proverbs 18 verse 10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. I can trust the rock. I can trust Jesus Christ with everything. I just want to read a verse out of uh, Matthew 16, 13 to 18. And it says, When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea, Yeah, that one. He asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, uh, the son of man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock, on this revelation, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. 
So it's not about building a church on emotions. It's not about building a church on how I'm feeling today. It's not about how warm the church is or how cold the church is. But it's about building building the church on Jesus Christ. He is, he is our rock. I wonder if we can stand up, church. You know, when I think about, when I think about where I could have been, when I think about the decisions that I have made and, and potentially gone down a wrong road or, or done something that I possibly shouldn't have done, I think we've all been in those places. We have. We've all been in those places. But we, when we put our trust in Jesus Christ, when we put our foundations on the rock, when we say, Jesus Christ, I want to stand on you. I want you to help me. I want you to be with me. I want you to guide me. Then actually the things that we want to do, we will be able to do because Jesus Christ is with us. You know, it says in, I think it's um, Psalms, um, I think it's Psalms, what it says, the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. That goes for girls as well. Let's order our steps. You know, God just doesn't care about the guys. He cares about the girls as well. But let's order our steps so that when God says, go this way, we're sensitive. Or when God says, let's go this way, we're sensitive. Because decisions are so key. Decisions are so vital that we make the right thing. So church, I'm going to ask you tonight, who are you following? Who are you following? Can I say don't follow us pastors? Because we're human. We make mistakes. We will let you down. Not deliberately, not intentionally. Okay? But who are you following? Are you following your addictions? Are you following the things that you're clinging on to? Are you following some of your friends? Who are you following? Are you following Jesus Christ? Do you know Jesus Christ? Do you know Jesus Christ? Because I'm looking around this room and I love to look around and when I do not recognize a face, I'm like, God, I just want you to touch that person's life. God, I want you to just come and meet that person assuming that they don't know you, Jesus Christ. Because when I gave my heart to Jesus such a long time ago, because I'm 38, such a long time ago, when I gave my heart to Jesus Christ, there was a revelation that went off on the inside. I looked up to heaven. I didn't know really what I was doing, but I knew because I had been in the presence of God and I wanted to know Jesus Christ more. Do you want to know Jesus Christ more, church? Be you saved, be you not saved. You know, it says in the Bible, those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. And that filling will come from the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So I want to put a call out right now. And the call out is for those that don't know Jesus Christ. The call out is for those that, you know, your heart is pounding away and you're thinking, man, this feels a bit funny, this feels a bit strange. But I want to challenge you, church. I want to challenge you if you're new and you haven't met Jesus Christ. You can say Jesus, you can ask Jesus Christ into your life right now. For more information about the church, visit us online at www.thejunctionchurch.com or come along and see for yourself in one of our services.